Unfiltered Podcast. I'm doing the intro today. Um, how are you guys doing? We're good, man. This is so yeah. good. This is so good. Um, all right, today we're talking about the NFL, college football, joined with the same four people I am always joined with. Let's hop right into it. Wow, that was really quick. I'm, I'm, I'm not used to Thank a quick intro because I usually dilly-dally for half of it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get started. That was easy. Nice intro. I know this is supposed to be an NFL recap, but I feel like we should probably just make it a therapy session because all our fucking teams lost. This is, I think, going to probably be the only time that all four of our teams – is that right? Four of our teams? Yes, four no, of our teams no, lose. It's actually six. Oh, uh, you're right, you're right. Well, so I, then in that I, case, Jackson two of them won. Of them. Jackson got two wins. Jackson won two and one this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so out of, out of our four primary teams, because I think Jackson is primarily a Giants fan, even though he cheers for the other half of the league as well, um, all four teams lost. The uh, the Jets and Dolphins got that started with early losses at one o'clock, or I guess they ended at four o'clock, and then the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers carried that with I think the most embarrassing performance out of any of them. No, no, no. Let's keep it going here. Let's keep it going here. Okay, okay, okay. Tom Brady did it. <laughs> So, all right, so, all right. I, I'm in. I'm in for a big one. This Jake, this Jake, Jake, Jake did change his virtual background because we do record these on Skype to Janoris Jenkins picking off Tom Brady for a touchdown. This is so good. I, I don't even know what Justin Watson was doing on that play either. Like, just just don't even try to. Like, he just looked like an idiot. Oh my god. So, and then the <laughs> Jake is still taking these. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take it from here. And then the, the New York Giants got off to a pretty decent start against Big Ben and the Steelers, but then Big Ben had a really good two minute drive and basically took over the rest of the game. Jake Jones threw two really bad picks. Jake, I, I want to go away from football. I need you to explain what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> Kill myself at 2 a.m. <laughs> Are you? It was Juju. He got mad at Juju. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a Jake problem when Juju was doing it. <laughs> we can't stand Juju. <laughs> All right, guys. I, I feel like you should start with Jake. Next I feel like you should start with Jake here. He's fresh off the loss. Uh, Jake, what happens? Why does your team suck so we, much? Are we Are we starting with me? Well, yeah. Uh, why not? Too busy taking selfies. You can't even do Um. Say the Giants play today. Um, new culture, new coach. Um, 13 loss. new starters on defense. Same loss. Okay. Can you let me finish, Tommy? <laughs> no. Let positions on the field. So, new regime, new culture. New culture brings two more. Again, he, he cuts me off. <laughs> you said 13 new players on defense. <laughs> 13 new starters. I might have got that wrong. Anyway. The culture. So, like I said... Like Cal said, we started off the game pretty good. Joe Judge, you can definitely tell he's been running these players, running them laps. Uh, they look good. They're battling. Um, Jones to Slayton. Absolute dime. And then we gave it, we kind of like shit the bad defense a few times. And then we marched down the field, all the way down the field. And Jones just throws an absolute, I don't even know what he did, to Cameron Hayward. And then the game, I think I, I, 
I, I knew the game was over from there. But there's a few positive things to take from it. And there's, a, there's a whole lot of negative things. But um, not as bad as last year's opening day. It was a, it was the Steelers. Like the Steelers have a very talented defense, and Minka didn't get eighty thousand picks like I thought he would. Minka. <sighs> but um, I'll, I'll start off by this. Andrew Thomas was very good. Uh, I think he might be the greatest left tackle of all time. And um, that's where we cut him off. Nope, nope. That's that's that, that's where we cut him off. Saquon was not very good. <laughs> man, come on, man. Six six yards on fifteen carries. Jones was good besides the whatever it was. <laughs> um, the rest of the O line was not good, including Nick Gates and Cam Fleming. Um, defense was okay, I guess. A few few like no pass rush whatsoever besides Leonard Williams. Um, <laughs> hey, Leonard Williams got a sack today. I'm like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm We're unbelievable. All I was very so happy. First sack I saw, I saw it. I saw I it, saw and I was like, you didn't no, believe it. No way. Yeah, no, I was. I, I saw was, him uh, get close to the quarterback. I'm like, no he, way. Oh well, no, he always gets him. close. He's been getting close. Yeah. For the last two yeah, years. He, he probably has the ridiculous. most hurries in the NFL, but the least sacks. And um, was Dexter a sack too? Yeah. Yes. I thought he was really good when I was watching. Yeah, the, you know, like the run defense is going to be good, but pass rush is going to be rough. Um, and we'll, we'll get to Darius Slayton a little bit later. Oh, boy. Because I, I have a very controversial topic, but oh we'll get boy. into that later. I don't want to start the episode with that. Um, Jackson, what do you think of uh, your team's loss and your team's win? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll start, I'll start with a loss. Uh, I basically agree with everything you've said. Corey Ballantyne is so fucking bad. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, it's, it's not good. Darnay Holmes played well. It got beat by Juju a few times. That's going to happen as a rookie. Bradbury looked pretty good. And obviously, got caught, he got picked two times. So, kind of hard, tough for him to like stop that when he gets picked and his own fucking defender runs into him. But like Jake said, no pass rush. Uh, play calling was a little bit suspect. On that whole drive, the drive where Jones ended up throwing that dumb pick, play calling was really good. Like, it really was. Need to get Stoney Shepard more involved. Uh, Kemp said this earlier, and I agree with him. I guess they wouldn't have a good game, but you're still going to give him the ball more, just different spots. But, yeah. And then the Steelers, I mean. They, they won. Played the fuck. They, they played the Giants. Like, <laughs> Big Ben looked good. Juju, I guess, is back. James Conner got hurt because what else is new? Juju uh, is not look- back. Juju's not back. He played the Giants. Well, let's let's slow down. Okay. Uh, James Conner got same hurt again. Said we were going to win earlier. <laughs> I do. This, I, I, if you've like known me every opening day, I think we're going to win. And at five minutes six. in, I turn it off. <laughs> but at least it was three quarters in this year instead of five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if Steelers didn't look that impressive, but they still got a W for the Giants. But yeah, I don't know. And also, Chase Claypool, man, he <laughs> saved the game. He ended the game in that great play. He stayed in bounds. What a draft pick. I know. He honestly probably should have went first round. Best draft pick in the NFL draft confirmed. So far. All right. The IQ on Chase Claypool is insane. All right, yeah. Cal, it's time. All right. Wait. Um. Before wait. Before we move on, I just want to say two quick things on that uh, Giants game. Uh, zone blitzes on third and goal. <laughs> he did it again. Not zone. Zero blitzes on third on third and goal. Don't do it. Just zero blitzes. I don't understand why teams still running. 
It happened against the Steelers last year when the Dolphins ran a zero blitz right before the half and Deontay Johnson burned him on a slant. Now they think it's a good idea to go with an eight-man blitz and leave the middle of the field for Juju Smith-Schuster, who did a really good job today running his routes. It was just – it completely changed the tempo of the game. Um, that Jones pick was awful, um, but he's, I still think he has a bunch of, a bunch of promise. Um, and please don't ruin Saquon Barkley. Please give him somewhere to go. All right. Now let's go. Kill the fucking Buccaneers suck. <sighs> all right, all right, okay. Yeah, all right. So let's get. I'll, I'll just get straight into it. Um, I was proud of areas that we played in. Um, the defense. Incredible. You were proud with which part of the loss? The multiple multiple score loss or the two interceptions by Tom Brady? So no, okay. So, so this this is the problem. This is this is always the problem that I've had with the Buccaneers. I have no problem when the Buccaneers lose to teams. I have a problem when the Buccaneers lose to themselves. When you give up 17 points off of two interceptions, one one was a pick six, so it was directly. The other interception led straight to the Saints' go-ahead touchdown. And then the muffed uh, kickoff return by Jordan Mickens, who I don't know how we kept him on our roster. He was terrible at the end of last season. And he's still there. And now Jake is showing Matt Gay, who isn't even on our team anymore. Kicking wasn't even the problem. Like, so the Bucks give away 17 free points to the Saints and lose by lose by 11 points. And the thing is... I feel bad for Cal. I didn't, I didn't do that to you. It just it just shows. But this well, is Matt the Gay didn't miss a field is, goal for the this Giants. Is the thing. This is the thing. Um, this isn't a new issue with the Bucks, and that's the thing I'm very concerned about. Um, giving teams win by giving them 17 free points, and you know the two picks by Brady. Um, it's a sign of rust. Uh, I think it's something that he shakes off easily. Over some time, um, fortunately, the Bucks' schedule gets easier because we can play Carolina and Denver these next two games. Give us some time to really work out the kinks, which clearly need to be worked out um, with the chemistry in our team. But I'm not too concerned. Defense incredible. Um, Devin White and Levante David incredible. Carlton Davis limited Michael Thomas to 12 yards all game. Camara didn't have that great of a game outside of the two touchdowns. Breeze didn't have a hundred yard passing until the fourth quarter. I mean. It's incredible that people are going to look at the box score and say, oh, the Bucs gave up 34 points when only 17 of them were really conceded by our defense. So how does it feel knowing that Tom Brady's basically just Jameis Winston? That's slower. the concern. Um, the concern is, like, is it really the system that we're in? It, does our does Byron Leftwich's system really just put quarterbacks at risk to throw interceptions like this? Tom Brady is a system quarterback confirmed. It's it, no, it, it is concerning. Um, I do, I do think that the two picks, um, the one, the second one, the pick six was bad. The first one was complete miscommunication with Mike Evans, and it completely changed the outcome of the game because just the momentum right straight to New Orleans. They wound up scoring twenty four straight after that. The opening drive was unbelievable. Um, we got helped out by that was the other thing. Um, we got helped out by penalties a lot, and so did the Saints. It was a very sloppy game of football that. We ultimately just made more. <laughs> Jesus. Who died? Tommy Kopp. Now he's on mute. He's embarrassed. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just sucks because it's like 
Camara had 1.3 yards. Camara had 1.3 yards per carry. His worst um, tally ever when he started a game. And Michael Thomas was held to 17 yards, which is, I'm sure, the least amount of yards he's had since his rookie season. It might be his worst ever. I should have looked into it more. And we still find a way to lose these games. And it's just frustrating because it's not a new issue. It's the same shit as last year. It is fair. It, it is probably a good time to note that Michael Thomas has been placed on the injured injury report. Okay, but Michael Thomas injury. got injured on the very end of the he, he was Well, I'm sorry I didn't watch the Buccaneers lose by 30, Cal. It was by 11. Same thing. Not That's the same, the same thing. amount the Dolphins uh, lost by. One thing, one thing I noticed when watching that game, because I watched part of it because the Cardinals game was on, the Bucs, like, I don't know, watching, they, you could tell they're just way more confident now. They have, obviously, they have a better team. They just put a lot more confidence in my opinion. I don't know if you maybe noticed that, I Cal. I didn't see that at all. I don't know. Um, but, like, you know, you know maybe when you're watching two good teams play, and I get, like, maybe the Bucks aren't, like, really good yet, but they just felt like a good team to me. I don't know. I think we held, we held our own in the game. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it felt like in between the, the two interceptions, it felt like we were playing at walking speed. Um, we were trying to establish the run with Ronald Jones, which – I mean, it didn't not work, but it wasn't. It didn't feel right at the same time. Um, I thought the plays that we drew up, like, weren't the best. We drew up a couple of decent plays during the game, but Byron Leftwich's offense is it's it's a weird offense. It's a weird offense, and that's not just because we had Jameis throw the ball fifty times last year. But like, I was confused on like where were the design plays for Evans? We had, we had two design plays for, we had two design plays for Evans and they both were pass interference. Um, where was the design plays for Gronkowski? Um, Godwin, I didn't think had any plays growing up for, it was just Brady finding him. It felt like we drew up more plays for Scotty Miller than we did for, um, Rob Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette, which seems weird, but at, as we speak, Scotty Miller is slowly becoming Julian Edelman. So I'm okay with it. Is that because he's a small white slot receiver? Or? Yeah, Brady needs Brady needs that. Let's be for real here. You know, I know we say men aren't supposed to have a type, but Tom Brady definitely has a type, and it's small white slot receivers. Anyways, uh, Tommy, uh, I can't believe I actually said that. Anyways, Tommy, do you actually want to talk about the Giants or? Or the Jets, excuse me. <laughs> or do you just want to leave it at they suck and out of the sucks. Giants too? They stink. <laughs> <laughs> about the Jets, do you um, want to actually talk about them, I, or do I you don't... just want to end it at Adam Gase and the Jets suck? Yeah. Um. I, I guess I have a few things to go over. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't. Adam Gase stinks. Let's be honest. Um. We're not going to be anything until he's gone. Uh. I think he may actually get fired during the season. I had that feeling. We we look terrible. We look like nobody cares. If that was the first day we showed up to play football, like no training camp, I I'd agree with it. I'd assume there was no training camp or anything to be played before that. Um, Darnold's running all over the place. Uh, the the line is possibly worse than it was last year. <laughs> is that even possible? Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um. Wide receivers are nothing special. Jamison Crowder had one good play on an Adam Gates bubble screen. Uh, Josh Adams ran for a touchdown. That was fun. I thought he was not on the team, and then he got a touchdown. Um, Le'Veon's out for a few weeks. Uh, defense He's also not good. Was, uh, he did better than Saquon, bro. 
if Trevor Lawrence is on the board, you kind of just have to take him because I know we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here and we're going over to college football for a minute, but he looked really good against Wake Forest and Wake Forest isn't that bad of a team. Anyways, anything else, Tommy? Um, fire Adam Gaze as well, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I, I want to stay on this game for just a second. Did you guys see that? Josh Allen throw in the red zone where he overthrew his target by about 60 yards. Yeah, oh, I know. Boy. Josh Allen might be the worst quarterback when he actually actually throw the football. Anyway. He had a fantastic game against us. He looked great. Oh, am I lagging? A little bit. Of course I am. My internet is yes. blows. Lag, man. We're gonna power through it. We're gonna power through it until I can pause. Um, Can I talk about the Cardinals real quick? Sure. Okay. Talk about the Cardinals real quick, and then we'll pause so I can fix my internet. Okay. Uh, Cardinals with a huge W this weekend. Uh, The defense looks improved. They like they just they don't look like they have to be carried by Kyler anymore. That whole team in general. DeAndre Hopkins, monster. Uh, Chemistry is there. Still gonna keep building. Hopkins seems like he really wants to be where he really loves this team too. Uh, yeah, Kyler, they let you let him run, and look what happens when he runs. He's an elite runner, so he did good. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, weird debut because first play, horse car penalty. Then two plays later, he allows a, like, not two plays later, I think it was the next drive. He had like, a 76 yard touchdown to Raheem Mostert because he got beat. And then the quarters were like, eh, we're just going to bench you. Just, just like show the rookie. But I just don't know. I think they should have played more. I'm just really hate peach guys, but he'll be fine. Fire Murphy looked really good. And this is nothing like Cardinals, but I just Jimmy Jimmy G, man, I just don't know with him. I just don't I don't know if you guys can have a opinion on this. Jimmy G isn't it. No, no. Really? No, what no, do you mean no, by stop, isn't it? Stop. Like not a starting quarterback? No, he just you you're he's not, just winning not Super Bowl good. He's just not good. Bias. I don't think that's he's just, a genius he just player. isn't good. Okay. So so if you take away his two best targets going into this game and then George Kittle is injured halfway through the game and doesn't record a catch for the second half, it's going to be pretty hard for the guy to play. And he still put up 260 yards and two scores. But yeah, here's it, the wasn't, thing. it wasn't it wasn't the not the not targets honestly. I, I watched the whole game. It's he's just like he's one of the sacks. So Chandler, on Chandler Jones sack, he had a sack this game. Jimmy G like does two three sixties in the pocket. No one's around him. I swear to God, and he walked into the sack. Here's the thing. He wasn't even – I don't even think he was like that great last year. The, the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl because they had one of the league's best defenses and they could run the football as good as anyone else did. It's very similar to how the Titans made it to the AFC Championship game where they were able to run the football with Derrick Henry and carry a good defense. Right? We don't – is Ryan Tannehill now a great quarterback? He isn't. He's a league average quarterback who isn't going to lose you many games, but he also isn't going to win you many games. I, I think exactly. that's really similar with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to lose you many games, but he isn't going to win you many games. 
I mean, I, I just don't think that like I, I look at, I don't look at Jimmy Garoppolo and go, you know, he's a, he's a star in the making, and I extend him for multiple years. I, I think he's just a good average quarterback who can get you two touchdowns, maybe throw an interception, but you can still win because you have a strong defense and a strong running game. I, I and and yes, we can talk all of, all about the targets all he wants, but the good quarterbacks are able to avoid that. Tom Brady played six years with like Chris Hogan as his best wide receiver. Chris freaking Hogan. I'm sorry, but, you know, maybe Garoppolo just isn't that good. I disagree. Oh, well, fucking no shit you do. Well, okay. Well, Cal, I, I, I just think, I just like think we're he, getting re- – I, I feel like the Niners had to have won some games with passing, right? I mean, the Rams – off the top of my head, the Cardinals game last year, Rams game last year. Um, bo- actually, both Cardinals games now that you think about it. Um, the Seahawks game last year. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo has to be good in these games to win them. But, like, we we still just have to realize that Jimmy Garoppolo just isn't that great of a quarterback. And that, that just has to be the realization that no, we eventually league, have. He's league average. 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions last year. That's game manager stats. That's, that's what you expect out of a rookie or, like, a three-year pro that's just trying to get involved in the offense. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has been the starting quarterback of that team for, what, three years now, four years now? At some yeah. point, he's got to take that next step where he's just not that good of a quarterback. Yeah, I didn't say he's bad. He just he's not the answer there. I think the play calling also makes him look good. So. The problem is the injury really set him back because now all of a sudden he's like, what is he, 28, 29? Um, yeah, I think he's 28, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of room for improvement anymore. I mean, you keep in mind, you know, he was drafted to be, you know, the heir to Brady in New England. He didn't exactly play much in those first couple of years. He gets traded to San Fran. He plays an unbelievable first six games for them. He comes out that next season. That's when the Niners were supposed to take off. He had an all right first two games. Then he got injured versus Kansas City, missed the rest of the season. And he came back last year and actually, you know, he wasn't the same. Like when Garoppolo first arrived to San Fran, we were all excited about how flashy he was. And the flash kind of left last year, but the winning didn't stop. I, I think so, it was I think it was really obvious as to who Jimmy Garoppolo is in the playoffs last year. And I, I just pulled up his playoff stats. First game against Minnesota, he completed 11 of his 19 passes for 131 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. The 49ers won that game 27-10. to 10. Then against Green Bay, he threw eight passes. They didn't trust him to throw any more than eight passes. It is practically Army. It is practically watching Army football, except you're not getting all the bells and whistles of a triple option. It wasn't they didn't trust him. It was that Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman were pounding down the Packers' throats. Like, yeah, I agree with Cal there. But yeah, it I, wasn't I a not trusting. The fact the Niners jumped off to such a good start. Um, maybe the Vikings game was different. I can't remember the exact Vikings game from my head, but like I remember watching that Packers game with all my friends who's a Niners fan. And it's like they were so dominant the entire game that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't need to throw the ball. They so that so that just proves the point. That just oh. proves the point. When you're up by 27 going into the third quarter, you run the clock out. I'm, I'm sorry, but – and against, against uh, what is it, Minnesota, uh, Mostert had 58 yards on 12 carries. Tevin Coleman had 105 on 22, and Breda had 17 on 8 carries. They didn't run the ball that great. They ran it efficiently, but they didn't run it great. They ran it well enough. I mean, like they, the lead was so much that it's like, why would you even need to throw but the ball? But here's the here's the case, and this is this is what I'm going to ask: If teams start 
putting eight players in the box against the 49ers, do you trust Jimmy Garoppolo to make that throw to win the game? I, do you do you trust Jimmy Garoppolo no, with, with two minutes Please left? Yes. With with two minutes How? left in a game. No, so 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 let's actually give give a situation. Two minutes left in the game, you have to have Jimmy Garoppolo drive sixty yards to win the game for you. Do you trust him to do that? Do we not remember the Rams game last year when he hit the Emmanuel Sanders so for one 50 game, yards to win? One game. No. One game is your sample size. You said you do not trust him at all. Like, I gave an example of a a reason of how I can trust him, and then you're like, oh, it's one game. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick led a game winning touchdown. You're asking me for support here. Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick led a game winning touchdown last year against the New England Patriots, and he threw three fucking interceptions this game. I'm sorry, but Jimmy Garoppolo just isn't that good of a quarterback. Yeah, in the literal Super Bowl, he literally makes several throws, especially that big one to Emmanuel Sanders in the literal Super Bowl. No, okay, okay. Like you trust him to make the throw? I don't. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I look at Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. I just quarterback. think y'all are jumping on the recency bias because he lost to the Cardinals without any targets. This isn't recency bias. This is sixteen games last season, and then the five, six games that he plays every other year because he gets hurt eventually. And I don't see enough to think he's a starting quarter, like a good starting quarterback. I'd say he's a starting quarterback, obviously, but I don't think he's a good starting quarterback. All right. So let's move on to the other not so good starting quarterback Don't that the team might not trust him to throw a ball soon. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick sucks. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Well, threw- no, 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 let's, well, let's move on. We've talked about our teams. Um, the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, okay. Expected to go Okay. Yep. Here you go. Dolphins go into this season. Uh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little prep. Um, the Dolphins go into this season taking on the New England Patriots. Um, I saw a lot of people picking the Dolphins. Um, they beat the Patriots in Foxborough last season. Um, it's a very new Patriots offense. Um, the Dolphins said, like, even the fans, like, you know, every Dolphins fan I know says, like, you know, oh, we, you know, two is not going to start. You know, Fitzpatrick's going to be fine. And Fitzpatrick was not fine, was he? No. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has a noodle arm. The guy can't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field without it being wobbly and probably off target. He reads the field about as good as Jake does in Madden. Sorry, Jake. Had to throw you in there. <laughs> and the, the fact of the matter, the, the fact of the oh, matter here man. is that uh, here, here's my d- d- issue with this. People, and this is mainly just, you know, fans and, and analysts saying maybe Tua isn't ready. If Tua isn't ready, why is he the team's backup quarterback? Because if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down, what are you are you going to start Lynn Bowden at quarterback? Are you going to start Malcolm Perry at quarterback? Are you going to go Jason Sanders um, at quarterback and hand the football off? I mean, if Tua isn't ready to be the quarterback, then you shouldn't have gotten rid of Josh Rosen. There's no other way around that. And so I, I and then and then don't even get me started on the defense. You have all offseason to prepare for the the running attack of the New England Patriots. And you let them run all over you all game. Let them march down the field like it's easy. And you still would have won the game if Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't throw three interceptions. Oh, I hate him. And the offensive line played well. For the first time in about six years, the offensive line looked like a competent NFL offensive line. And it was led by a rookie left tackle. Okay. All right, let's 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 hey, go question on. For okay. Kev. So no, um I have something I have something to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um he's been uh Pretty above average quarterback for his. his uh, well, I guess he's been a real journeyman quarterback for his whole NFL career. Um, I don't know what you were expecting out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He has these games. He's had them his whole career, and he will turn it around. He always has. But so, um, 
I don't know. If he gets hurt, you're screwed. My, yeah, two will probably my problem is your backups, but my, my, the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick hate after what he's done for the league and your team in the past and my team um, <laughs> and your team, Thomas, and my two teams. But here's, like, um, I, I don't know why you are hating on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Problem, who's done it for 16 years after one game. My problem, amazing Patriots defense. My problem isn't so much with Ryan Fitzpatrick being the starting quarterback. I understand like it. it. Ryan Fitzpatrick is experienced. He's been in the league for sixteen some odd years. He's played oh probably over two hundred games at this point. It feels like the guy's you know been a great leader. People respect him in the locker room. But if he's throwing three interceptions and killing drives that are critical to the team's success, why is he still in the game? Because he's he's a sixteen year veteran. I'm sorry, but I, I don't think that if you're if you're losing, if you're not being a part of the winning, and you're almost the sole reason why the team loses the game on offense. Because let's not get it twisted, the offense wasn't great, but they were still good enough to win the game. And right before halftime, he throws the ball right into the hands of a defender who picks the ball off because it's target practice for them. I, I just Ryan Fitzpatrick shouldn't be the starting quarterback if he can't make simple throws. That keep drives alive. That's the simple, like that's that's what you'd think every quarterback should do. That's the simplest part of football, is not turning the football. Do you think Carson Wentz should have got benched? It's a different scenario because Carson Wentz isn't the same as Ryan Fitzpatrick, where you know that Ryan Fitzpatrick has these games. And if if Ryan Fitzpatrick has five good games and ten bad games, why is he the starting quarterback? Carson Wentz might have five bad games all season. A few average games sprinkled in there, but he's mostly going to be a good quarterback. The biggest knock on Carson Wentz is that he's inconsistent, but the highs are really high. For Ryan Fitzpatrick, the highs aren't really high like they are for Carson Wentz. When Ryan Fitzpatrick is on his game, he's not a top-five quarterback. When Carson Wentz is on the on his game, he's a top-five quarterback. I... I don't know. I, I, um, I, guess, I, I guess you keep starting Ryan Fitzpatrick because you hope he can turn around. But, I, I, I mean, what's the leash on him? Because if if two is ready, he if two is ready, like all the coaches say he is, like you know the fact that you make him the backup quarterback, I I, I mean eventually you got to bring him in. Uh, eventually you got to bring him in. Yeah, if two is ready, you put him in, but you shouldn't expect to have a Carson Wentz talent playing when you have a star in Tua waiting. But uh, like, uh, obviously the transitional quarterback is not going to be elite. And that, a transitional quarterback has never been elite. But they could have gotten an, a good transitional quarterback. They could have gone out there and signed Cam Newton. Let's not forget that Cam Newton was sitting there in free agency for all 32 teams to sign. I guess 31 because the Carolina Panthers weren't re-signing him. But uh, the whole league had a chance to sign him. So I, I, I think that my – like there's there, there's not an excuse for – they chose to go with Ryan Tannehill – or Ryan Fitzpatrick, not Ryan Tannehill. They chose to go with Fitzpatrick, and he wasn't good. I, that's just not a good sign. Anyways, Jake, you had a question. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Just my question was, uh, when personally do you want hippie in? What? Why is he hippie? Because he's hip. Oh, boy. You are so creative with your <laughs> nickname, so right? It's so messed up. Yeah, his, his quarterback's Daniel Jones, who throws interceptions to defensive linemen. We'll have him on the show anytime. Yeah, pick man. Yeah, but, you know, he has a hip injury and it's all bad. Okay, so I, I have their schedule pulled up. I think that they will actually compete with the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if they'll win the game, but they'll compete. They should beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars did look good this week, which is, I think, the biggest shock of the NFL season so far. But 
Uh, then they play the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Broncos, and then the Chargers. If he's not in there after the 49ers game, either Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing well or there needs to be a lot of questions asked to the coaching staff as to if he's truly ready to play because I don't think you're beating the 49ers and I don't think you're beating the Seahawks. So, hippie man or whatever you want to call them. Do you guys want to talk about that Jaguars team because they're actually good now and what um, the fuck? Yeah, I was going to say, there's a couple of teams I actually really want to talk about. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the Jaguars. <laughs> They're good. I, I, I don't know how to explain this. And I I watched the game again. And when you are led by a like fifth round draft pick quarterback, an undrafted rookie running running back in James Robinson, Robinson, excuse me, a what third round pick wide receiver in LaVisca Cheneau and wherever DJ Shark was drafted, you should not be a good football team. So I don't I don't know if maybe that's more of an indicament on that the the Jaguars are going to be a fun football team and might not be the worst team in the NFL, or maybe the Colts are just a bad football team, which I think is probably the more likely answer because I don't think the Jaguars are going to be a good football team. Well, I think you're, I think you're pointing to the wrong part of the Jaguars team. Um, you're pointing out their offense, and yeah, Minshew um, was 95% on his passes, and Robinson was very surprisingly good. He combined for almost 90 yards, or actually, shoot, exactly 90 yards. Of total offense, and Matt, sure, Chanel and Shark had their little flashes, but the defense is what stood out for me. Um, Miles Jack was incredible to lead the field. Joe Schobert had a very solid debut. Um, there's another guy I want to touch on later who had a very, really good debut. Josh Allen was quiet, but overall, the Jaguars did enough to bunch up late, and we were able to fill to close out Phillip Rivers, they only gave up three points in the second half. Um, it's the de- It was the defense for me that really stood out, which right. is surprising because it, I thought the Jaguars had lost so many pieces. You know, they over the years, you know, Ramsey gone, Smith gone, um, Ngakwe just gone. <laughs> the secret is out now. Um, yeah, I, I think that their defense was good, but, like, I just think that, like, the question here is, because I don't think the defense sustains. I don't think that you know, two years down or two weeks down the road when they're playing the Dolphins or the uh, whoever they play. I, I don't know who they play in two weeks. I think it's the Dolphins. But like, I just think that like at some point that defense is going to be bad because they don't have much talent. That defense is pretty much a shitty defense. So if they're going to succeed as a team this year, it's going to have to rely on the offense and it's going to have to rely on Gardner Minshew and this wide receiver core of LaVisca Cheneau, Keelan Cole, DJ Shark, and Colin Johnson. I mean, that's just the most what receiving core ever. If you told me that was their receiving core, I think three years ago, I'd laugh you out of the room. Um, but like at some point, the, the team has to be good on offense. And I don't think they were exactly that good on offense today. I think they were good enough. I think that it's one of those cases where you're good enough on offense. They didn't gain a lot of yards. Their defense probably really helped them win this game. But, I mean, Gardner Minshew had 173 yards. Uh, Their leading rusher had 62 on 16 carries. Their next two were 16 or 19 from Gardner Minshew and 10 from LaVisca Chanel. And then your leading receiver had 47 yards. Like, I, I think at some point the offense has to be good. And I just think that's, like, my concern here is that, like, yeah, they're going to be a fun team, 
but they're still only going to win two games. <laughs> I mean, they're just a bad football team. Anyone else on the, the Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, yeah, they're winning four. I said that in the NFL predictions, and I'm going to stand by it. So, um, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars up for four wins this year. I don't. I can't see yet. I, I don't know what their schedule looks like. I'll be honest, and I don't really feel like the need to look it up. But I, I just don't see them winning that many games. Um, I guess we also have to talk about the Washington Football Team, who I'm going to say that was the most surprising one out of any of them. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think that's the biggest surprise is that we're through one week and top of the NFC are the Washington football team or NFC East. Sorry. And they were the only team to win. They were the only team to win. Yeah. They were the only team in the division with the Dallas Cowboys, who I thought would be a better football team. They were kind of embarrassing. That was just the same old Cowboys. <laughs> um, the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost to the Washington football teams. And that's still so weird for me to say. That is so weird for me to say. The football you, teams. You gotta say it with like a bit of ironic sarcasm. I, feel I, like. I, I just like I want to keep calling them the Redskins. Because, I've called them the Redskins because, so many times. Like I, I've grown up on that being the Redskins. They've been the Redskins for my whole life, and then now they're like they're not even like a new team name this year. They're the football teams. Jake, you're so funny. Jake, you're just hilarious. How how did Jake ever get anywhere? <laughs> he muted my mic on Skype because he's so funny. Um, sorry guys, that was, uh, that's all I need to do. Anyways, I, I just like think the Washington football teams or the, the whatever we're called Washington, Washington is not going to sustain the success. I, I think that the, the, the biggest issue here, kick me out the call. I dare you. I'm the one recording this, Jake. Try me. No, I didn't, I didn't mean the meeting. Try me. Yeah, no, try me. Calling cap. That's cap. Yeah, no, that's the no, biggest no, cap. No, no, I actually like, didn't mean to. He had a good like discussion there. I'm kind of sad I missed the end there. So I, I, just, he, I like, I think at some point the Redskins are not or the, <laughs> the football teams are not going to su- sustain the success. They're going to be a bad football team. Just a lot like <laughs> a lot, a lot like the um, the Jaguars. I think they're going to win like four games. I, I just don't see them being a good team. Um, I, I want to start here. I want to start here about the football team. Um, I I kind of – obviously, this isn't a recording. I can't prove this. I told a couple of my friends, I said, Washington are going to keep this game close. Um, the Eagles are missing Miles Sanders and three offensive linemen. The strength of this Washington team is no doubt in their front seven. Um Jonathan Allen had a very underrated day. Um, he's been an underrated player overall. He had a very good day. Ioannidis looked solid. Um, Kerrigan had two crucial sacks. Uh, Chase Young in his debut, very good. Um, showed those serious signs of promise. And they ha- and they mm-hmm. were able to do just enough on offense to take advantage of the Carson Wentz turnovers. Um, Carson Wentz looked really poor, especially in the second half. Um, and before... Like, what I really want to say is, like, shout out Ron Rivera. Um, this is a guy who guy. was fired from Carolina after, you know, one of the more, I think one of the most successful stretches in Panthers history um, with how many times they were contending with him and Cam Newton. Um, they made it to their first Super Bowl. Um, the players loved him. And eventually his magic ran out. He was fired by, ironically, Losing to the Redskins, now the football team, now who he coaches, and this is a guy who this off season we learned has you know he's fighting cancer, 
he had to get a cancer treatment at halftime of this game, and the Redskins were able to, or, excuse me, the football team were able to overturn their first 17-point deficit since they were the Redskins. Um, so hats off to Rivera. Hats off to hats off to Dwayne Haskins. Actually, um, didn't play the cleanest game, but was efficient when he needed to be. Um, didn't make any mistakes like he did last season. Um, Dwayne Haskins is someone that reminds me of, it's like a, it's like a shy, it's like an introverted middle schooler trying to like get around a swamp. Like he's so, he just stands still in the pocket last year. Like he's, he's scared to try and make these big plays in his rookie season. Um, he wasn't encouraged, obviously. That might be the weirdest comparison. Yeah, that, that is, that is the weirdest comparison it's I've ever heard from A middle schooler like, trying to get around a swamp. Like, it's, 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 a, it's, am I wrong though? Like, but well, like, why a swamp? Maybe, maybe you're not wrong, but I just wouldn't have said it like no, that. No, I, I, okay, how would you have described it? It's a guy who I, is scared. A middle schooler plays. getting around a swamp would it's not a, have come to my head plays, for millions of years. Movements. <laughs> it's just the weirdest. Right. Is a, I, I wouldn't say a swamp either. Well, what's hard to move around in? I, I'm sorry, I'm from Florida. I've been in the Everglades multiple times. It's really hard to move around in the Everglades. I'm just oh, so weirded out by like I, I'm trying to figure out why a middle schooler would be like stranded in the swamp. I, I, I was trying to say introvert. I don't know why middle schooler came out. Um, but Dwayne Haskins on Sunday looked brighter. He look, he was more open to move around and make plays. He was less scared to make decisions. Um, Ron Rivera really has been helping him out. He obviously got the best out of the defense. Um, Landon Collins, who really struggled last year, had a pretty solid game. Um, I'm just I'm happy for the football team. Like it, it was a very good performance, and it was a really deserved win. Yeah, I, I think it was a really good win, but that was just the weirdest. Is it a terrible analogy? Yes. <laughs> I, could I think of anything better in the moment? No. Like, do I need to? Uh, do I need to really look up some analogies before next podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> but am I happy for the football team and Ron Rivera and Dwayne Haskins and that front seven? Absolutely. That is a great win. So does anyone else have anything to say on the the, the good old football teams? Uh, the, the. I hate you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, man? You could have had him, but Daniel Jones, Caden Smith, Caden Smith, blew it. Hey, no, I'm not as mad because Thomas. Yeah, Thomas did have a really good game. Again, proved why he's the greatest left tackle of all time. I felt like Watts' impact and breaking news: there. greatest left tackle of all time was good today. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> I just I can't ever take. I can't. Yeah, I can't do it with him at times. Like <laughs> he's the most unserious guy. Anyways, pipes uh, up Daniel uh, Jones to be like this legitimate quarterback, and he leads one of like the most long. Like I think it was the longest drive of this whole weekend. Like you know, nineteen plays just for him to throw an awful pick at the end of it. Like there, there's no getting around Jake with this. All right, so speaking, even when they lose. Speaking of bad, bad analogies, I'm going to make one now because this is what I do. Uh, we're going to shift over to another game, and boy, I found out who's the Russell Westbrook of the NFL. Anyone want to take a guess? I really want to take a guess, but take a guess. I don't want to. At take the same a guess. Time. Take a guess. You're not. Gonna, you might get it. 
Maybe not. Um. Uh. Becker. That's a really difficult not question. Not can, can we get position? Uh, yeah, it was he is a. It's fake. He is a. Is it Baker? He, no, he's not. Not not Baker. He's a skill position player who had a critical moment in a game. I pretty much just gave it away there, and it didn't go well. Uh, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. How is he ready to rush a West? Yeah, because both suck in crunch time, baby. I'd say you you did say it was a bad analogy. I did say it was a bad analogy. I gave you fair warning here. Anyways, uh, I want to feel bad for him, and I do feel bad for him. That's terrible. It's the easiest, probably will be one of the easiest catches of his life, and it's in one of the most important as a rookie, as a rookie making your NFL debut. And he drops the wide open pass in the end zone to win the game. And the Lions, just in the most Lions fashion ever, find new ways to lose football games. They are the they have written the book on stupid ways to lose a football game. And this is this is gonna be a whole chapter. I they were up twenty-three to six going into the fourth quarter. They looked like they had the game on on ice. They had to run the clock out, not make any mistakes, and they win the football game and then Mitchell Trubisky, of all people, of, of all people, Mitchell Trubisky throws three passing touchdowns in the fourth quarter, or I don't know if it was three passing touchdowns, but scores three touchdowns, and on the final, one of the final plays of the game, DeAndre Swift drops a wide open pass to the back of the end zone, a pass he should catch, a pass anyone in the NFL should catch who's a pass catcher. I mean, that's just the easiest pass of his life. And he drops it, and the Lions find a way to lose again. Oh, boy. Poor Lions. Poor Lions. (laughs) You you give up 21 points in a quarter to Mitchell Trubisky, whether it's the first or fourth quarter, you deserve to lose. Poor Lions. (laughs) No, no, not poor Lions. You had the game in the bag. You had the game in the bag multiple times. Matt Stafford, who was very mediocre in the first half, threw a terrible pick, which led to the game-winning score for the Bears. Um, weirdly, like, why did, why did, I get he, I get he played really well. Like, why was Adrian Peterson the Lions, like, go-to running back? He was their bell cow after being cut by Washington. Because Matt Patricia doesn't know how to run a football team. Yeah. That's that's the clearest thing we've learned. I get you're missing Kenny Galladay. Y'all are knocking on AP. He's still a very good running back. No, no, I I was impressed with Adrian Peterson, but, like, I I said this. In the predictions, I had the Lions starting going four, and that's when Patricia goes in the, in their bye week. I mean, I'd be stunned if he even got it to there at that point. It's I don't disappointment after disappointment with a great roster, with a great receiving core, with a good quarterback. Okay, I need to, I need to pump the brakes there a bit. It's not a great roster. It's a solid. Bro, I didn't roster. mean to say great roster. It should fault. it should in theory not be one of the league's worst teams. It, it, they should not go three three twelve and one. Yeah, I'll put it that there, way. there's no, no, no other way around that. And I think my biggest problem is not with Adrian Peterson. It's with Matt Patricia. Like, why do you draft – and the, the Bob Quinn and whoever is, leads their, their drafting or whatever. Why do you draft a running back early in the second round if Adrian Peterson, who was signed off of free agency like a week before, is going to get the most carries? I, I, that doesn't seem like good football work. Especially when Carryon Johnson has always been a decently productive running back, he's not going to break, sh- shatter records or shatter like shatter the earth. But he's still a solid running back. 
He should be on an NFL roster. What better mentor than Adrian Peterson but for a rookie he, running back? But now, carry on's, but carry here's, on's conference just has to be shot at this here's, point. Here's, here's the thing with Adrian Peterson. Is he a mentor or is he your team's leading running back? Because he can't – I don't think he can be both. At some point, you're going to have to make – I think he could be both. At well, some point, I mean, he yeah, could, but like he you're asking him to do it. I don't think he needs to. Like at some point, you have to make the, the – uh, look, first of all, DeAndre Swift shouldn't have three carries in the game. He shouldn't have six total touches. You don't draft a running back in the second round to get six total touches. I, you have carry on Johnson gets seven, and then Adrian Peterson gets 14. He was signed off the practice squad two days, like a week ago. Well, not even practice squad, off of free agency. He got cut from the Redskins because they, they, they felt comfortable enough going into the season with Bryce Love, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, who has 33 touches. And I, I don't know. Jackson, you say you have something to say on Adrian Peterson. Uh, yeah, it's quick, actually kind of like crazy stat. That I think I told Tom and Jake this. He didn't get it. He was seven yards off. But if he got 100 yards in that game, rushing yards, he would have 100 rushing yards in a game in three decades, which Jeez, is pretty crazy. That, that he is still insane. might get it. He still might get it because they're, they're not going to stop giving him carries. They're but. not going away from him, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just, I just think like, God, I don't know. Look, the Reds, the Lions fucked up by by firing Jim Codwell. He was nine and seven. He looked like he had some control of the team. You fire him for like nine and twenty six of um, Bob, Bob Patricia or Matt Patricia, whatever his name is. I don't care. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. I don't like. I'm sorry. I'm not even like that big of a Lions fan. I'm somewhat of a Lions fan, and I I want them to do well. Matt Patricia just not an NFL head coach. They will do well with him. The jury's out. I, I think at this point, I, I, I would have considered firing him after the game. Like, I, I think at some point you just have to cut your losses. And I think that, like, at this point it's becoming sunken cost fallacy. Where, like, you're too afraid to lose the, the cost. And at some point you just have to cut your losses and find someone else. And please make your next coach an offensive coach. Someone who actually knows how to run an offense. Because this is just getting embarrassing. I mean, this is... Uh, I don't he, even know why I'm so passionate ruined, about this. He's ruined most of this offense. I, I don't know like why I'm so passionate about this. Maybe because I like so many other players. I love Kenny Galladay. He's one. Of, he's my, probably my favorite wide receiver in the NFL right now. I love Matthew Stafford. I like DeAndre Swift. I don't love him. I love Marvin Jones. Like TJ Hawkinson. That defense is a lot of guys I like. They're ki- they're getting killed by this guy who uh, got hired because he's a Patriots disciple. Because Bill P, like, this is almost like that that one offseason where everyone was hiring someone who touched, who shook hands with Sean McVay, who bre- who breathed the same air as Sean McVay. I don't remember the year, but it was the year, like, the Bengals hired Zach Thomas and a few others. Zach Taylor, you made this Zach mistake Taylor. last week. I'm always going to make this mistake, and I think it's because App State's quarterback is Zach Thomas, and it's so Yeah, weird. no, he's done the exact same thing last week. random. It's so random, I know, but, like... Uh, it's, they hire Zach Taylor and some other teams hired some disciples um, of Sean. The Cardinals McVay. picked up. Yeah, this Kingsbury. Cardinals picked up Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, which I still think was what about Joe Judge? A really weird hire. A Patriots disciple. So weird. What does Joe Judge? No, he's a disciple. He's back. I'm sorry. Here's here here's McVay. When if if you want to understand how coaches get hired in the NFL, there's one really easy way to do it. It's a flowchart. Did he coach under Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, or Sean McVay? Yes, he's probably an NFL head coach. Unless you're Eric Bieniemy, which at this point, why? 
Like, what, what does he have to do? Win another Super Bowl? He's already won one. <laughs> He's already helped turn Patrick Mahomes into one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Anyways, um, I'm really passionate about Eric Bieniemy, But, like, uh, and then, no, he might be a head coach. Like, I think Pete Carroll is not a disciple of one of these guys. Not Carroll. Yeah, no, it's not Carroll. Um, not Tomlin. Not Tomlin. A few guys who are a little older. Don't, aren't disciples of some of these guys. Yeah, of course. But like, most young head coaches are disciples of three guys. Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Sean McVay. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that the Lions need so much soul-searching. And uh, speaking of which, another team that needs soul-searching, uh, I think the lowest point scored in the NFL this week was by the Cleveland Browns, yep. who, came into the, who came into the season with so much expectations. And for once, they needed him. They needed that offense to be good. And they needed to come out there in week one against a really good Baltimore Ravens team and at least hold their own. I don't think they need to win, but they need to at least hold their own. And they score six points and lose 38 to six. And we're back. The Lions are, or the Browns are back. I'm just not, I'm going to say they suck. And. Uh, look, Baker Mayfield has to have, have has to have one of the shortest leeches in the leashes in the NFL. Why can't I say words today? I, I like at some point he's not gonna his career development has been so bad, and maybe this is overreaction. Like couch, couch, like coach on Monday, but like at some point you've got to see something out of Baker Mayfield because like if he's not going to be an NFL quarterback time to start drafting one who is and you spent so much money on this offensive line you barely could run the football against the ravens you couldn't throw the football against the ravens and your whole offense looked anemic oh, god that team sucks i'm sorry i was I just gonna sake. say the team's embarrassing i have a sake let's hear it Kyle. and i hate i hate to put a team on pressure under week you know in, after one week of a season cleveland browns if odell beckham does not record 80 yards or more against the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday, he will be traded by week six. I Bang. I think they're going to no. give him the season because they... No. Odell I, isn't going to give him the season. Yeah, Odell like, might not give him the this season. Is, this is very much... I think this could very much relate to the Jalen Ramsey saga of last year in which a team consistently does not appeal to a player of how they want to play Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield's chemistry is awful. There's no debating it. Um, I don't know what the deal is between the two. Um, I don't know if the whole Baker, the Baker, oh, the, I can't speak. I don't know if Baker's just psyched out by playing with Odell Beckham. I don't know if the two just genuinely don't get along. But yet again, the Browns are trying to force feed him targets and it's not working. You target him 10 times, he only gets three catches and his longest catch goes for 16. He records just 22 yards in the day. He doesn't, like Odell Beckham is going to want to get out. If he doesn't already want to get out. Yep. If he doesn't already want to get out, he might already want to get out. We don't know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like like the Cincinnati game might be their last chance with Odell Beckham Um, because this is a guy who I mean, Odell, does Odell Beckham care about the success of the Cleveland Browns? His or body he, language told a story. Like, his body language always tells a story. I think he is a really talented wide receiver. He's also a diva. He is a, he is a, he is he is a diva. diva. 
He's a he terrific wide receiver. That. No, no, he he is the winner though. He wants to win. No, I don't no, blame he's him for wanting to win. I, it reminds me it's not somewhat. A good look, obviously. It reminds me somewhat of like the Jimmy Butler Minnesota saga, yeah, where yeah, everyone yeah. probably claimed that oh, sure. were proper. I mean, a lot of people claimed that Jimmy Butler was a diva because he he did this whole show where he like he came in and he played what the first team of the third team and beat the crap out of these guys and while he was leaving he yelled at the GM and Tom Thibodeau you need me you need me and then he got he, then he gets traded he goes plays half a season in Philadelphia they have some mild success clearly wasn't working then he goes to Miami and they're in the Eastern Conference Finals woohoo I don't know I just really want to get the point where he was in Miami but like they were my they're semi-similar but I think that like to an extent Odell Beckham Jr. is just a diva I think he's a winner but he's also a diva I, like he's just a diva. I mean, he he wants things to go his way, and like I guess it helps. It doesn't help that he's been on two teams that haven't won much. I mean, the, the Giants didn't win much with him. The Browns haven't won much in the last twenty years. Um, <laughs> they they probably had so, more quarterbacks than wins in the last twenty years. Uh, that's not true, but it probably could be true if you looked hard enough. But like. <laughs> Look. So is it a realistic possibility that Odell Beckham goes into the Browns next team practice and says, "I right, we run an 11 on 11. Case Keenum, you're my quarterback. Baker, you get all the rest of the starters. And Odell Beckham drops 200 yards on the starters. And then can the, we see, can we, <laughs> we can see that? Better. Yeah, but he kind of stinks. And, like, here's the thing. I really like their front office. I think Kevin Stefanski is a terrific head coach. I think he's a terrific coach. I think he's a terrific person. I think he's a terrific man manager. 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 I can't speak today. And I think Andrew Barry is – he's one of the youngest GMs in the league. I think he might actually be the youngest. He's also one of the brightest football minds, and he is going to make a great career as a general manager. But this is just not a good start. Like you ha- – they needed to go out there and at least show that they were capable of competing with the best of the best. Because, look, in the NFL, to be the best, you have to beat the best. There is no other way around that. To be the Chiefs, you have to beat the Ravens, and you have to beat the Patriots, and you have to beat these good teams. And so, like, at some point, we just have to admit that maybe the Browns aren't just cursed. They just suck. I mean, it's clearly something's not working. I, they're just not a good football team. <laughs> this is what we've determined. They're just not a good football team. Uh, before we go on to uh, – does anyone else want to talk about any of the other games? There were some other games. Uh, Steven Goskowski missed, what, four kicks? Then made the cave winner to beat it. <laughs> oh, boy, that was funny. Uh, anyone else want to talk about any of the other games? Uh, yeah, uh, the Bengals bungled and caught. It was bangled, actually, sorry, because they're in classic fashion. Oh. Burrow looked pretty good for what he like, had to work with in the offensive line. Made that classic rookie mistake with that solo pass interception. Randy Bullock is a clown. Uh, did, absolutely. Did, did you see the I, injury report today? Yeah, they yeah, listed him. Nah, they listed his injury as calves. Just calves, not calf. Calves. He hurt nah. both of them. <laughs> nah, I would. I to be fair, we all probably would have done that same thing. Though. Although, like, look, look, I'm not going to say he didn't hurt. Like, he probably did pull something because the kick looked like he probably pulled something. Like, it, it didn't look like a react. Like, it looked like a a kick that like normal kickers don't miss. Like, most kickers probably just pull it wide right or wide left. By like an inch or two, that was just a bad kick. So I don't know if like yeah. maybe he did actually pull something or 
like he was just sore overall. I don't know what the whole situation is. I'm not there, so I don't want to make assumptions. But it's not a good look when you claim that you hurt your right calf and then the media gets told that you hurt your left calf. Uh, yeah, I know. Also, another game, Pete Carroll finally freed Russell Wilson. And look what oh, happened. boy. I am so happy that Russell Wilson – Russell Wilson, uh, one of my favorite stats, four touchdowns, four incompletions – and Chris Carson was not productive on the ground, but when he needed to be productive through the receiving game, he was the most productive player. That was weird. I think it's also the Seahawks look ridiculously good. Yeah, the Seahawks look ridiculously good, but yet again, it is Dan Quinn unable to manage a defense. Yeah. Um, why are you why are you in press coverage on a fourth and five? You're asking Wilson to lob it up to DK Metcalf. It's no, that was dumb. So frustrating. You have a quarterback throwing for 450 yards and you're losing a game by 13. It's unbelievable how much that Dan Quinn can continuously mismanage the Falcons. That even when they look good, they had three 100-yard receivers and they're only putting up 25 points and their defense is giving up 38 points. They're giving up, they're giving up valuable receiving yards to Chris Carson, who we all can agree is not a receiving back. No, and they're, and the team's... Most productive rusher was Russell Wilson and then probably Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde had seven carries for 23 yards and a score on the ground. I Like, not, what? Yeah, it's not productive either. That, yeah, they did not run the ball well at all. And they, mm-hmm. they didn't have a single rusher eclipse 30 yards. And they win the game by two scores, and it probably should have been more with the way that offense was playing. Also, Jamal Adams is just really damn good. Jamal Adams yeah, played very well. He is just pretty yeah. damn good. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to the Aaron Rodgers-Devontae Adams duo, which once again proved that they might be the best duo in football. I I, I mean, come on. They had, what, two touchdowns between them, 156 yards. They, he, they targeted Devontae Adams like half the times. It was basically just, yep. hey, where's Devontae Adams? All right, there you go. Throw it. Touchdown. And it was yeah. like, It was insane. And I, I think like I think the Vikings are actually going to be a decent team this year. I didn't expect them to be. Like I kind of thought they would be. I don't know what I predicted them to be, but like I think the further that I looked into it, I had too many question marks about that team. I think they're going to be a good football team. I think I think the thing that kills the Vikings this year is the moves they made this offseason were for long term. Yes, that it, it's going to hurt them now, but in the future it should really help them because I think they drafted really well. I think no, they had one of the best drafts in the NFL, and you know I they think dra- yeah I think they Kirk Cousins is still yeah. not a bad quarterback. Like I no. think I think Kirk Cousins is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I think Cousins everyone isn't the problem everyone claiming that he's a bad quarterback is wrong. He's not a great no. quarterback, but I think he could lead you to a couple playoff wins. No, the the problem with Minnesota Cousins isn't the problem. Um, the amount of money they gave Dalvin Cook wasn't the problem. Um, well, no, I still think that is the problem because you don't pay running backs. But we'll get into that um, tangent a little later. But front four, front four, we're missing Daniel Hunter. That's not a problem. The problem is when you have a cornerback group where your oldest starting cornerback is 24 years old. Was it? And you are going. What was that starting quarterback Hughes from UCF? I don't think I don't think it was Hughes. I think Hughes is younger than that. Who started? Was it, was it Holden? Um, I believe it was, it was Gladney Gladney or else. Dantzler. Um, Gladney. Jeff Gladney might have started. I don't think Gladney. Started. I remember I saw this. I saw the stat that um, 
I mean, this is a this is an extremely young cornerback group. If you look at it, um, Holton Hill's very young. Um, obviously, you got a uh, Mike Hughes in his third season. Um, yeah, they, they, they started. It looks like they started Hill, Hughes, and Dantzler slash Gladney. I don't know which one of them started, but I'm looking at their depth chart right now. Regardless, the you know you have you don't have a cornerback that has played more than three seasons in the NFL. Yeah, Hughes, and Hol- Hughes, and Holton Hill are your most experienced cornerbacks, especially when you're playing. You know, you're playing Aaron Rodgers twice a year. The Vikings have to play Kenny Galladay. The- Alan they Robinson. have to play Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones twice a year. They have to play Seattle this year. They have to play Atlanta this year. They have to play Tampa Bay this year. New Orleans. I mean, it's, it's just a bad year. And even um, the Cowboys. Like even the Bears have good pass catchers. Anthony yep, Miller Alan and Robinson. Anthony Robinson or Allen Robinson are good are good pass catchers. Like they know, they yeah. they're. And again, I don't think the plan was to compete this year. The plan obviously isn't to compete this year. It's to build a more sustainable future. I think is like the way to put it. And. I think they are. I just think that, like, you need to see growth this year. I think they're, like – so I, I think, like, we divide rebuilds into four categories. It's the asset uh, the asset accu- uh, accumulation, like the Dolphins last year with getting three first-round picks and getting the six picks – or five picks in the top 60. Then you get to the front – Jesus, Jake. And you just couldn't mute your mic for that? I, ah, Jake, you were really good. Really, really funny. Uh then you have like step two, phase two of a rebuild is like the you don't you're not expected to win, but you're expected to develop as a team, and you want to see your development from top players. So like the Dolphins are probably at that point. They want to see the development out of like the two cornerbacks and like the defense, and you want to see the development out of the guys. Then you're at phase three where you're like a decent playoff team that like you know like you're a decent team that can compete for a playoff spot. You're still not expected to compete. Then step four is like the part where you actually compete. Where do we think the Minnesota Vikings are? Like, are they phase two of a rebuild? Did like did they skip phase one of the whole acquire assets? No, they got assets. I mean, you but, know, they got the they got the pick to replace Diggs with Jefferson. They also got um, Gladney to replace Rhodes. They've got Ngakwe to replace Griffin. Like, they're replacing the assets. It's just going to take them time. So then they're probably in phase two. Yeah. Or and they, also they lost their offensive coordinator. Like They, they a, might be a, between phase one and phase two. Where, like, you, I could I could see them still acquiring assets if guys become available. Like, I, I think that, like, I, I don't think they trade Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen is kind of going to be the, the building block of that offense with Kirk Cousins and then Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, God forbid. But like, and then on defense, you'll have a few guys like Harrison Smith and a few other guys. Uh, what's their other Anthony Harris? Um, you have good players on defense. You just need to kind of put it all together. Um, I, I, I does anyone else have anything on the other other NFL games? I it wasn't that yeah. good of a slate of games. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, the only two games we didn't touch on, uh, firstly, Raiders beat the Panthers the Raiders! as the Vegas Raiders. Um, John Gruden's hair is awful. <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw it. Uh, there's a reason why he's not wearing visors and he switched all hats. Um, he's lost that hair this offseason. Um, Teddy Bridgewater looked all right in his debut. Um, his touchdown was kind of a big mess up by Eric Harris. Shocker. Uh, Nelson Aguilar caught a touchdown. We'd love to see it. Uh, Josh Jacobs, three touchdowns. Did, and E-Man, then, did, did E-Man catch a touchdown? E-Man did catch a touchdown. E-Man! Tommy, 
Tommy, you, you gotta say it. You gotta say it. Disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed. He's used, we're, we're used to the the Jets and Tommy letting down, so I guess it's not that big of a deal. I was hoping oh. he'd say E-Man, but he didn't want to say E-Man. And then the Rams took down the Cowboys. Cowboys look pretty bad now. The injury to Van Der Esch, um, offense never seemed to really get it going. Uh, shout, out, shout out to the Rams, though. Uh, yeah. Lost a lot of pieces, but... Sean McVay still managed to call a very good game. Uh, Jared Goff played pretty efficiently. The pick. Um, Malcolm Brown played really well. <laughs> Malcolm Brown actually played very well. Yeah, uh, to the dismay of Cam Akers owners in fantasy. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I should. I would have told all y'all don't draft Cam Akers as early as he was going. But you don't listen to me. I also didn't tell you any advice because you all were asking. Uh, for you also told us to draft Antonio Gibson, and he had his red zone touches taken by Peyton Barber. I'm sorry that I didn't expect Peyton Barber to say, be the same leech that he was with Tampa Bay. I thought that someone would be smart with him, but nope, 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 nope. nope you also took Baron Donald, right? I mean, it's like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> it's actually ridiculous. But don't worry, guys. According to one of the new ESPN stats, Aaron Donald's a bad run defender. <laughs> yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Also, I don't know what you guys think of this. What do you think of fucking Zeke's stupid new tattoo on his stomach? <laughs> I, I saw <laughs> someone say, I, I saw someone say, like, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's going to regret that when he's 40. He should already regret that. He should have regretted yeah, that the oh, minute yeah, he got right. it. He's going to be fat when he's 40 and then say, feed me on his stomach. So <laughs> I just like, he's already stoked on a gut, like for a running back. Well, I mean, he's all, I think that's yeah, mostly that's just, I, I think that's just mostly muscle. Like he's a, he's a built like a Mack truck. I mean, he's built like a guy who's going to take you and just truck you. Like if I saw him in an alley, I just let him beat me to death. Not in any other way, but like, um, <laughs> Jackson gave me the look. Um, and then, uh, yes, that was pass interference on Michael Gallup, by the way, to end the game. No, no other way around that. You can't push off in the NFL. Anyways, uh, does anyone want to say anything? Oh, yeah, we have to go into player of the week. I forgot that we did that. Um, I told all these guys, like, probably three hours before we were supposed to record. Oh, by the you way, have a player of the week ready. Yeah, I told Cal about an hour, like <laughs> 30 minutes before we no, recording. Like 30 seconds I gave you 30 before. minutes. And I've also gave no. you this whole podcast episode, which is now like an hour long, to have one. Okay. So if you don't have one by now, no, shame on you. One. I have one. All right. No, you should tell yours because you kind of basically spoiled it, bud. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but you know what? It's been a while since that, so I want to talk about that. Um, there were a couple guys I was deciding through, as Kevin said it. Um, there were guys that really stood out that we expect to stand out. Russell Wilson stood out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers stood out. Josh Jacobs really stood out. All three of those players really helped their teams win. But the guy who, at least I didn't expect to stand out, at least not immediately, was Jaguars rookie cornerback C.J. Henderson out of Florida. Hendo. Unbelievable first game. Um, I think he was PFF rated him as the highest rookie from any rookie in Week One. He had three pa- three pass breakups, um, a crucial interception in the early stages of the game as the Jaguars were trailing, which helped them get level. Um, he shut down T.Y. Hilton on the on the final drive to seal the win for the Jaguars. And like I said, it was the defense of the Jaguars in that second half that helped them pull through, allowed Gardner Minshew to do his thing, allowed the Jaguars to get that first win of the season when guys like uh, what, Jackson, how many wins do you have the Jaguars in? How many How many wins? Was that yeah, one? He had, like, he had like two or one. We, we all one, had them between believe, one and four. Two? Guess what? They've already got one. And hats off oh, to CJ Henderson for doing every that. Every other game. <laughs> Probably going to lose every other game. Um... Jackson, you want to go next? Player of the week? 
mine's pretty boring. A little bit biased, but I'm gonna go with DeAndre Hopkins. He's like, I receiver, this guy the stinks. Of, <laughs> the impact he made in the team was just, just so big, and it's obvious how it's gonna be really good. So yeah, 14 receptions, career high. Didn't get a touchdown, 156 receiving yards. Did a lot for that team. He was reason won the game. So yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, player of the week. Jake, is your player of the week uh, Darius Slayton? It is not. Oh, thank God. I want to change up a little bit. My player of the week is Mitchell Trubinsky. Trubinsky? Trubinsky? It's three in the morning, bro. I have an 8 a.m. I'm sorry. Anyway, Mitch Trubinsky. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Mitch, we're just going to call him Mitch. 20 of 36, 242 yards, three touchdowns. Is he back? Probably. He's playing the Giants on Sunday. <laughs> He's got to throw right. for like 400 yards. He's, uh, he's touchdowns. my... Player of the week. All right, Tommy's Tommy. back. Tommy, it's time for your player of the week. Thanks, man. Um, I'm going Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, he, he's really he good. did have a very good game against the Browns. New and improved defense. Um, <laughs> new and improved. Yeah. Not improved or new. <laughs> well, uh, you know, yeah, it, it just wasn't improved at all. It's a rival. Excuse that. <laughs> I said, I, just, I said it just wasn't improved at all. It actually got worse. <laughs> but yeah. it works. <laughs> well, they, they need some changes. You know, I expected them to not put up 30, or let in 38 points to Lamar Jackson. Um, he showed off his arm, which um, impressed me. So, um, going with Lamar. All right, so I actually had a hard time choosing one. My first thought was Gardner Minshew, and a credit to him, he had a terrific game. I don't think it was, like, really player of the week standard. He did. The, I just think he had a really good game, a really efficient game. He didn't throw for many yards. Then I was like, you know, Mitchell Trubisky threw for three touchdowns. I don't want to be the same as Jake, and he probably, like, maybe would have been my choice. So then I, I looked at this Chiefs game, and honestly, I'm just using this to give a shout-out to someone. Shout-out Sammy Watkins, dude. That guy gets, put, like, put to the wayside every single year. And he's never really been that like that bad of a wide receiver. I think he just hasn't led up to what people want him to be because he was a really high draft pick and the expectation was that he would be really good. But he was targeted nine times against Houston, uh, seven receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had three yards receiving or rushing too because, you know, that's what he does. Also, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I knew he would be good. I, I tried telling everyone he was going to be good. That was such a good situation for him. I think they finally got a running back and I'm shocked that Andy Reid picked one in the first round. I'm stunned nobody said Steven Goskowski. <laughs> Play the game, Steven Goskowski, but only on the last kick. <laughs> God, I felt so bad for him. I felt so, they, they showed a they showed a I don't know if any of you guys were actually watching the game, but they showed a clip like midway after he missed that like extra point where he was sitting in like the end of the bench and everyone else just wouldn't look at him. I was like, damn it, man. That hit that hurt. <laughs> God, I don't know why this is so funny to me. He took his socks off. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, yeah. I'm going to feel so bad if he gets, like, I'm not going to feel bad. He probably will get cut. He missed four games. But, like, <laughs> imagine having to deal with all that. Clearly, you got the yips or something. And then you get one last kick. You hit the kick to win the game. And then the next day, you get called into Mike Vrabel's office and told you get cut. That would suck. <laughs> um, yeah, anyone else have anything to say about the NFL besides Ryan Fitzpatrick sucks? Jake, didn't you have a question? Oh, oh no. Do you Maybe actually want to ask it? We just skip it. It'd probably be better for all of us. Well, do you guys want to laugh? Yeah. I do want to laugh. I always laugh sure. when you say stuff. 
Is Darius Slayton better than Odell Beckham? All right, see ya. Nope, 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 yeah, it really is. Yeah. Not, I said I'm not. I didn't say. I didn't say my answer. Please say no. Your answer better be no, because that's the answer. Why is awarded with the Matt Stafford Garbage Time Player of the Week? <laughs> Actually, that should probably go to that should probably go to Matt Ryan. <laughs> that is Matt Ryan. How is that? How did he score in garbage time? What? She's no, Stafford. Stafford is the king of garbage time and for fantasy. Is that really garbage time though? Because like, they, if they got too much, we're down sixteen with six minutes left. You scored in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what are you saying? Garbage time in the first quarter. <laughs> messing around, messing around. No, we, should think, we should come up with a garbage time player of the week. I think. I think. I think we just have to. I think we just have to. Get, I'm not even gonna end. I don't want to end the podcast on that insane question. We're gonna have to talk about college football just so that we can give a buffer. Um, guys, Iowa State Yo, sucks. Cal. Cal, yeah. How was Purdy, dude? You hyped him up <laughs> oh, last week. Man, here we go. How was he? Here dude? we go. Oh man, um, I was very high on Tom Manning and Iowa State to have this good offense. Shame on you, Purdy senior season. Um, that offense didn't happen. <laughs> uh, they lost to Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, it wasn't even okay. The offense was crap. Don't get me wrong. Whoever that special teams coordinator is, that dude needed to be fired yesterday. Um, how are you going to allow a kickoff return for touchdown and a punt return? Yeah. It, embarrassing. Be better. Your and then you allow a seventy-eight yard bomb from Levi Lewis, who had like eighty-four yards the rest of the game. Um, he had half his yards on one throw, and obviously the offense couldn't keep up. Brock Purdy looked bad. Um, the running back looked pretty solid. Uh, Brees Hall, I think I'm saying that right, was very good. Um, they just couldn't get the ball to Xavier Hutchinson, and yeah, embarrassing loss. But arguably not the most embarrassing loss of the weekend. There was a more embarrassing loss than that one. Am I missing one? Um, yeah, when you lose to a true freshman quarterback at home, when you allow eighteen thousand people into Doe Campbell Stadium. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Jordan by the Stack. way, by the way, fun fact: Jeff Sims used to be a Florida State commit. Yep, I saw that. I saw that after they lost. After they lost, I I actually thought Sims looked all right too. Um, that first drive uh, leading up until the pick, he was actually having a really good drive. Um, got better as the game went along. Used his legs. Uh, James Blackman sucks. Uh, nothing needs to be said there. Um, the Florida State fans who said, oh, we would have beat you last year if we had started Blackman instead of Hornybrook. Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, there's plenty of time for them to turn it around. Um, Is there? I'm not blaming anything on Norvell or anything oh, like I am. that. Or Tamori and Terry dropping a couple glasses, nothing like that. But um, it's oh, man, they're just in bad predicament right now. Bad, and 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 they only lost by three with Georgia Tech's freshman kicker missing two ki- or having two kicks and an extra point blocked. Like the game could have been out of the out of their hands. 
That offensive line, their offensive line is so bad. Awful. Awful. They like, got I, don't, I think Blackman's bad, but he just doesn't get any help. No, the worst part, no. the worst part was I actually thought the offensive line played kind of well. Like, uh, I don't I think the no. offensive line was their biggest apart. problem. Like, they, uh, yes, they did fall apart by the end of the game, but, like, for the first half and probably, like, decent, like, probably, like, the start of the third quarter, they looked pretty good. Like, the issue was, like, not the offensive line. The issue was that James Blackman was bad. I think they just, they gotta, they gotta sort out an offense. Um, you cannot put Jordan Travis, the, the Jordan Travis experiment, their experiment, is like what the Ravens were doing when Lamar Jackson first came in. Um, when they brought Lamar Jackson into the games, Lamar Jackson was not throwing the ball. Yeah. When Jordan yeah. Travis comes into the game for Florida State, he's not throwing the ball. And even a team like Georgia Tech that went 3-9 and nine and is completely rebuilding couldn't see that. Florida State, they, they got to get the ball into the playmakers. Um, Keyshawn Helton only getting one target is embarrassing. That guy's got a lot of speed. A lot of people like him up there. Um, he should get more targets than that. Um, Cameron McDonald actually had a pretty solid game. I thought he was playing pretty well at tight ends. But this team just, I mean, I can't believe that. Like, true, true freshman quarterback in his debut had a 10-point lead, and I get there was weather delays and stuff like that, but no excuse. I want to give one shout-out to, uh, I'm just going to, the most random team that you've never heard of. Um, did any of you... Have any of you looked at the score of the Texas Tech-Houston Baptist? Yeah, I saw that. I was watching it like late just to see so, like what the fuck is going on with Houston the Houston Baptist has been a program for one, two, three, four, five, six years, according to Wikipedia. I don't know if that's actually true. But uh, six years, beginning in 2014, they have a record of 18 and 56. Their stadium is directly like connected Shut up, Cal. Shut up, Cal. Just, just shut up, Cal. Uh, you did correct me on my bad speaking, but um, so their their stadium, and this is this is probably the best part. If any one of you guys actually want to have fun, look up uh, what's it called? Um, look, go on Google Maps and look up Husky Stadium. Um, Husky Stadium, the home of Houston Baptist, is directly connected to a CVS pharmacy. Like literally direct, like behind it, directly behind a oh my, CVS. I'm actually seeing it. Oh my god! <laughs> it is directly behind a CVS. This program has won 18 games in like six years. They're not a good football program, really. And they play Texas Tech, who I think is a pretty decent football program. They're not bad, you know. They're just what they are. And their quarterback, uh, god, Bailey Zappi or Zap or whatever, however you pronounce his name. Had 567 yards and four touchdowns and almost led this this Houston Baptist team to a win over Texas Tech. I love it. Uh, Jackson, you have something to say? Oh uh, yeah, it was a pretty bad day, pretty bad Saturday for the state of Kansas and their college football oh, team. Man. Oh, that was just oh god. Look, Kansas sucks. There's no other way around that. Kansas and Kansas worse. State loses to Arkansas State. Yep. Like oh, Ooh, four man. less miles, man. Look, Les Miles knew what he was getting into. I don't like he knew he was getting into a bad football program, right? Yeah. Like, Puka Williams yeah. needs the ball. Like guys, the jury's out. They they're not a good football program. Puka Williams needs the ball. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no crap, but they're not ever gonna give him that. So 
They didn't. They also like they fired their offense coordinator like three games in the last season. They're probably gonna <laughs> fire their offense coordinator three games into this season. Um. And yeah, and then Kansas State just a really rough game against Arkansas State. Who uh, I don't even I don't remember this guy's name. Like Jonathan Adams or whatever. He he is your wide receiver. He is your favorite wide receiver's favorite wide receiver. That guy is a baller. He was the best player for Arkansas State. He scored the game-winning touchdown, and they were so good. Uh, Kansas State was so perfect when they needed to be perfect. I, there's no other way around that. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Adams. He is your favorite player's favorite player. A, a hundred, 98 yards on eight receptions and three touchdowns, including the game winner. He was just amazing. Uh, that that guy is going to have a fun NFL career, I think. Also, no surprise, Oklahoma has another good quarterback. Okay, come Spencer on. They played, they played Northwestern Missouri Technical College for the blind. Yeah. Oh, no. he, he's he's going to be good. I mean, come on. It's Lincoln Riley. But, they, but can we pump the brakes? They played Northwestern Missouri School for the blind know, or whatever. He, okay, but he was making good, good throws, too. So, I like, could, I but, like, it's a lot easier when every guy's open. <laughs> it's a lot easier when it's target practice, right? We also – we also forgot to address when we were talking about Oklahoma that they have one of the best broadcaster names. What? Um, when Gus Johnson's calling a game, Rambo. <laughs> Charles Snitter Rambo. What a name. Rambo. He says like that every time. I, uh, Gus Johnson needs to come back from college football soon. Also, I'm my, my biggest question is if anyone paid the $55 to watch that game on pay-per-view, please get in touch with us because I've, I've just got questions. I've actually just got questions as to why you did that. Mm-hmm. Why, why would anyone watch? Like, would any of you pay fifty five dollars to watch your team beat a, beat up on a, an FCS program? What? They could put one of their good like games. Kind of boring. Yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of boring. Comfortable Saturday. Two weeks. In two weeks, it will get better. Yeah, the SEC comes back. But, and did yeah. Juwan Mathis win the job for Georgia? Uh, not confirmed. Not confirmed. But if he if he has another good week of practice, he'll win the job. He's the favorite right now. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's one. There's one good game next week. There's one very good game. Next FAU week. Georgia Southern. No, wait, not that yeah. one. No, um, Miami Louisville. Uh, I think we can talk about Miami a little. Uh, we didn't do it too much in the ACC. We are in the preview. We talked about Derek King. The um, U is bad. No, they're not. They're not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna overreact to Derek one King. I kind of overreacted to on Thursday. You I did. He's gonna do a lot more with his arm. <laughs> you did. He didn't. Um. He did not play the cleanest game throwing wise. He made plays happen though with his with his legs. Um, one play that really changed the game was like a third. I believe it was third and eight around midfield. Oh yeah, he spun out of the sack, ran for twenty yards. Um, that's something that Miami had not seen since Ken Dorsey at quarterback. It it should be noted. Uh, I was on the uh, Miami Hurricanes media call today, uh, and it seems like it was a a like a setup effort to run the ball. Like they, they set that up because, as Diaz put Manny Diaz put it, they did not run the ball well to end last year. Uh, I think like the final three games he mentioned, they weren't good running the football, and they wanted to get back to that. I, I think that's like kind of the identity of this football team. Is they're going to run the football out of spread. Yeah, they ran three hundred thirty-seven yards. I'll do it. They they ran. Cam Harris probably would have won uh, ACC running back of the week if it wasn't for Notre Dame's running back having a terrific game. Their center did win. Uh, Corey Gaynor did win ACC. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive lineman of the week. I thought they did whole teams, but nope, they just do positions. Really weird. Um, yeah. Also, guys, uh, in case anyone's wondering, 
Trevor Lawrence good at football. There's my there's my analysis on Trevor Lawrence's game against Wake Forest. He's pr- pretty good at this whole football thing. I still don't know what Travis said. Travis said he did not go to the NFL. He was good, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's still weird to me. Yeah, that's but. that's the thing. Gonna, I'm never gonna figure out why they did that. Um, yeah. Anyone else have anything to say on the NFL, the college football, high school football, Pop Warner football? Um, just one thing. Hope they bring back the Big Ten. Yes, they look like they're the inching Ten. towards bringing Big Ten football back. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Late early November. Well, I don't know. the asterisk is slowly being moved off this season. Football's coming like football it felt back. Well, I, I don't think like I don't think that even if the Big Ten returns in November, I don't think that they, they how would it be possible for them to be eligible for the playoffs? You'd have to push the playoffs back like No, the big the big ten's looking for October, like early October, but Pax was looking for November. Uh, yeah, wait, no. Okay. Pac-12 the Big Ten comes back. It's, it's it's still an asterisk season. No, I think if you have four to five Power yeah, Five programs yeah, able to participate, you cannot call it an asterisk. Then yeah, I don't I think you can call it an asterisk with three. But that's my opinion. Um, also, I just realized that Clemson's backup quarterbacks are going to be the hardest names to ever pronounce. Um, no, it's I got it. I got it. Is it DJ Ungalele? Uh, no, you have Tyson. Uh, I'm going to butcher these names. I'm warning everyone in advance. I think it's Fomakana. Fomakanch, Fomakana, and then you have DJ Ungalele. Ungalele or whatever. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) they're going to go from Trevor Lawrence to those. (laughs) I mean, no, he's going to be he's going to be really good next year. Just remember his name, honestly. I feel I feel bad for anyone who has to cover that team. (laughs) God, that's going to be so bad. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening to the Unfiltered Podcast. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at UnfilteredCast1. Uh, stay safe. Go Dolphins. Please beat the fucking Buffalo Pills. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with like last season again. Also, Tom Brady is Jameis Winston. Uh, just a little slower.